Hello friends, this is uh, Mel Jeffcoat here at 7.31 p.m. on a Friday. I'm going to pick up where I left off yesterday, but first a quick recap. I mentioned my card from, my Zettelkasten card from a guide for the perplexed, and I began tying it to the book The Cosmic Doctrine by Dion Fortune. But first, there was a digression into um, discursive meditation and a brief description of how it worked, because that is the way the tool box that you use to unpack these sort of dense texts like the Cosmic Doctrine. And I didn't mean to do this, but inadvertently yesterday I demonstrated one of the most common mistakes that newbies make when they start discursive meditation. And that mistake is choosing too large of a theme. Uh, things that I wanted to talk about were clearly way too long to fit into a 10-minute talk. I know that now. Uh, I would have been better off to split them up into smaller chunks from the beginning. But it's a learning process, and if you do decide to try discursive meditation, remember to keep your, your themes, your topics, quite small. Uh, only if you spend the entire 15 minutes and get through every possible thing you can think of in regards to your theme, and in like five minutes and there's nothing else that you can get for the rest of the time, then you might consider making it slightly larger next time. But really, people tend to try to think through too much in one go. This is a process for biting off little bits and thoroughly, thoroughly digesting them. So, with that out of the way, let's return to the Cosmic Doctrine. Now, if you remember, there was the description of the unmanifest. And if you haven't listened to the previous one, I recommend going back and doing that first, otherwise this will make even less sense than it might otherwise. So we got to get into number theory, uh, number symbolism rather, um, in order to make some sense of what the unmanifest is. And remember, we cannot understand the unmanifest because we are manifest ourselves, and anything that we can think of by its nature is going to be manifest. So it will not be the unmanifest, but maybe we can get sort of close. So the, the three numbers or concepts that are most relevant, I believe, to the unmanifest is both is 0, 1, and infinity. Now, zero, because when nothing has been manifested yet, when it is all still potential, then how is that different from a void? Until things pop into existence, there, how would you know? So zero, the void, that gets at one aspect of it. Infinity, as a concept, gets at the potential part. The everything that could possibly ever exist 
the potential for it being in the unmanifest. And one is because one is the number of unity. And if nothing has come into manifestation, then all of the possibilities are equal in the unmanifest. And they are all unified. There is no difference among them. So one. Now, if every possible thing and concept exists in the unmanifest, then the concept of self-awareness has to exist in the unmanifest. And if, since that concept of self-awareness exists, then it has to come into being. Because self-awareness, by its very nature, steps outside of the self. So it was inevitable that the unmanifest would become aware of itself by part of it stepping outside, essentially. And right there, that is a separation. That is a binary. It is the symbolism of the number two, which is there is a dividing line, and everything on one side is one thing, and everything on the other side is another thing. In this case, the part that is looking at everything else is separated, separating itself from everything else. Now, the binary is a really powerful concept, but it's also kind of a blunt instrument. It can be, it is overused, particularly in our culture. And a moment's thought, I'm sure you can come up with many, many different examples. Politics is simply one where everybody, if you believe one particular thing, or you agree with one particular thing, then you must belong to the party that currently espouses that thing and you must be the enemy of the other party. That's the narrative. Uh, it doesn't matter that real people are far more complex than that. The uh, concept of the binary, binary divides us up into two camps, if we allow it to. So the way to get past a, a binary one way to get past it is to turn it into a ternary, number three. Uh, so if you can come up with some third thing that's not just like a compromise between your two opposites, but it goes off in a completely a different direction, a direction that's not even on the graph that that these other things uh, describe. If you can come up with a third thing, then first of all, that gives you far more options than falling into one camp or the other, because if you fall into one camp or the other in anything, then you are predictable and you are easy to control. 
if you choose some third path that's not either one, then binary thinking systems don't know what to do with you. In some ways, you're invisible, which can be very useful. And the other benefit, or another benefit, of ternary thinking is once you conceive of one path away from a binary, then it becomes much easier to see many others. Because the third path that you may have first come up with, that's not the only option. That, if you think it is the only option to get past the binary, you've just created another binary, right? With your option being one side and the other two options being the other. So don't fall into that trap. Um, so once you've created or found your third way, then it becomes easier to see a fourth way, a fifth way, a hundredth way, and to recognize the different paths that people can take. Now, to tie this back, I know this has been a very long digression, but to come back to that card that I pulled uh, from that was reflecting on um, E.F. Schumacher's A Guide for the Perplexed, I was sort of summarizing and reflecting on chapter six. So I'll read this again. Inner experience is based on attention. When attention is unfocused or focused on thoughts, emotions, or the outer world, one behaves as an automaton. Directing attention to attention itself leads to the eventual emergence of the programmer, the inner being that suffuses all thoughts. This is waking up. So I hope now that I have described my thoughts on how the unmanifest becomes manifestation that uh, you can see how it relates to this because if you are unconscious if a person is unconscious of what they do if they're not self-aware then they are in some sense like the unmanifest and becoming self-aware and being able to make choices that are different from the uh, influences that are all around you, being able to see them and potentially transcend them, that, I believe, is waking up. So hopefully this little foray into some esoteric thought has not been too confusing. Um, I'm happy to discuss it with anybody if you have any questions or or thoughts um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say my email address I'd certainly love it if you if you subscribe to my newsletter but no need if you if you just want to talk so it's Mel M-E-L at industrialalchemy.com and it'll be down in the show notes um, well no never mind I'm not gonna put it in the show notes because then uh, that, that opens it up to bots. So industrialalchemy.com, I-N-D-U-S-T-R-I-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. So yeah, if you have any thoughts on, 
on this probably somewhat weird digression, but this is this is the sort of stuff that I think about a lot. And I've spent quite a lot of time on these first few chapters of the Cosmic Doctrine chewing through, you know, individual phrases and sentences. Uh, I've got most of the book still to go, but this is one of those ones that, at least for me, got to chew on a little bit of it and, and let it go for a while and then come back to it repeatedly. Uh, but the good thing is, when you do this discursive meditation system, then it's going to be well in your mind. I mean, I didn't look up any notes uh, when I talked about my the the number symbolism that I had applied to that. I just remembered it from a couple of years ago because that's how deeply I thought about it. I do have some notes somewhere. But anyway, this podcast has probably gone on long enough. It's, it says it's at 13 minutes now. So I promise next time it'll probably be a little bit more mundane, but I also promise that there's going to be more of these sorts of ideas. So hopefully you'll you find them interesting at the very least. Until next time, keep exploring.